Hello and welcome to The Stinger, a super fan's guide to Marvel, Star Wars, and much more in fandom. I'm one of your co-hosts, Josh Gann, and joining me as always, it's not about how or why, it's about who. It's Trent Neely and Joseph Sneed. How are we doing, guys? Happy to be back, talking about one of the best uh, characters in the, in the canon we got going. Yes, sir. One of the best stories they've told in the in the MCU too, in my opinion. Mm. Oh yeah, okay, let's do it. I I want bold accusations. I want bold takes today, guys. Like there's there's a lot of there's a lot circulating around Marvel these days. So we're gonna focus on the positive today and talk about Loki, our favorite god of mischief. Um, as always, thank you for being here. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and you can subscribe to us on YouTube. And then you can follow us on Instagram and on TikTok at the Stinger Pod. All right. I'm going I'm to do it now. Spoiler warning. We're only a minute in. We're getting straight to business today. Spoiler warning right out of the gate. If you have not watched Loki Season 2, do not listen any further because I really would not want to spoil what is truly a great ending to uh, a great show for you. So. All right, there's your warning. All right, Loki season two. It came to a close, guys. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. How 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 are we feeling? You know, post Loki. The there's a lot of Marvel news going out going around right now. But like, how are we feeling with Loki season two in the books now? Um, I think Loki season two is a perfect closure for that character. Whether that's a permanent <clears throat> closure or a temporary one we can we can debate and wait and see sure. a little bit about um but nar- narratively what a what a interesting show right <laughs> like like i feel like if i challenge people to like can you can you tell me the plot of loki season one or two like two years from now i i, I doubt people could actually tell it to me like front to back and so so it's a weird thing where i i don't know if i enjoyed the story of season two this much i don't really care about this time loom at all sorry writers i know you worked really hard (laughs) on that probably but i I really couldn't have cared less about that time loom but but the journey for our boy loki and tom hiddleston's performance and owen wilson as mobius is so good it almost it almost doesn't matter my other issues like that's that's how good this finale is also can we address that like even when there's been great Disney Plus shows like WandaVision and stuff, the episode sixes have not been the yes. best. This yeah. is like the, like the the first good Disney Plus Marvel finale. I think that they have actually like I'm like you landed the plane. Like good job. At least since since Loki season one. Right. 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 Yeah. <clears throat> of course, I liked. Um, I think Hawkeye and Moon Knight were afterwards, and I liked both of those. But I think the they were I okay. think like the finales were were worse yeah. than the episodes before it is all I mean. No, yeah, and yeah. it matters. For the finale, like I I can talk about this later, but I think it significantly changes how I think of a show personally. Mm-hmm. Sure. And the fact that this one was so good is yeah, that I, I'm excited. I'm excited. And this it. finale went full circle being, you know, the same title as the very first episode. Yes. And also revisiting scenes from the first episode yeah yes so, good. <laughs> so symbolic we can we could talk about it more later um today we are here to talk about loki specifically the character not necessarily the tv show although a lot of what we're going to talk about is gonna is gonna be the tv show so a little a little while ago we did a character study on ahsoka uh in anticipation of of her series and you know, I feel like we we kicked around the idea of a Loki character study probably earlier in the year and was just like, you know, there's other stuff we want to talk about right now. It's okay. But then the season finale happened and I am I, I'm just like I can't not. Like the rarely in this genre of content do we get such a satisfying end to a character's uh a, a character's journey. So today we are talking about our beloved god of mischief we are surveying the sacred timeline and we are discussing Loki not only through the Infinity Saga and all of the movies that we have seen him in, but in his own show in the Loki Disney Plus series. And so with that, guys, let me just kick it off. 
um maybe maybe start let's actually start personally like we just did our villains draft a little while ago loki's name came up a bunch in that how important of a character is was loki to you prior to the tv show that just you know has come out over the last two years i mean i think in terms of pure (laughs) performances it's one of my favorites in the mcu for sure um and definitely as a character, I think it, it's sort of an unfair question in a way because a lot of MCU villains show up for one movie and then are killed off. Yeah. And then Loki's had this, what's the math here? Like 13 years Tom Hiddleston played this character. And so it's like, or mm-hmm. so, something like that. Um, and so it's like, yeah, he got he got more to do. Um, and, you know, he literally got to go from kind of a Shakespearean mustache twirly villain in a way. To like this very emotionally resonant character it's i was going to talk about this a little bit later it's funny to see how like avengers like the, the first avengers movie like changes because like he's the villain of that movie and then because they make him such a heroic figure they kind of have to like re-canonize it as like oh yeah that weird like tantrum that loki threw yes. once and tried to take over yes. earth but that like but i'm a good guy <laughs> like I'm not saying that makes Avengers bad at all, but it is a funny way to like rechange this seismic movie in the MCU. Anyway, um, a genocidal yeah. tantrum that totally yeah. chill. That's yeah, totally yeah. fine. That, 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 you know, created the Avengers, but also like <laughs> we kind of have to make this just like seem cute and fun now. Right. Um, right. Um, but no, I, I think it's so great. Um, and, and I think, you know, the, the reason they, they had to do so many different variations on this character is that people latched on to, Tom Hiddleston's performance, but credit where credit's due, I think Kenneth Branagh setting up the, that first Thor movie as like just a Shakespearean story of two sons searching for their father's mm. approval mm. is is like a great way to set up a character study. Like I think that Genesis deserves to be praised. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was sitting here thinking about the importance of Loki to the MCU. And except for Iron Man, I can't think of anybody more important than Loki to its success. Because if Loki doesn't work in that first Avengers movie, the MCU kind of falls apart. Because, you know, you you can have your standalone movies like Iron Man and Thor and Incredible Hulk um, and Captain America, the first Avenger that had varying levels of success. You run into the Avengers... And if that movie fails, then they're like, okay, you just can't do crossovers. Right. So just yep. go go back. Iron Man is his own thing. And Captain America is his own thing. So I think Loki's importance to the overall MCU is really only beaten by Iron Man. It's not my favorite character, but I think just looking at, at what doesn't work without him, you know, the, the Thor movies don't really work without Loki. Um, you know the really the rest of the Avengers movies don't work without Loki uh, so you can have still these kind of spin-off type of things going but I think he from kind of start to to now has driven the whole storyline where you know even if you look at a movie like Age of Ultron that Loki's not in they're still dealing with the fallout of his attack on earth. And then obviously his part in, um, in infinity war while short was very impactful to Thor's story. And, um, you know, and then even his little scene in Endgame that spins off into the Loki show Mm -hmm. uh, where now Loki is not only kind of the driving inciting force for the infinity saga, but now he's like the driving force in the multiverse saga. He he certainly is like it, it. It all goes back to him in some way where, where no matter where you pick uh, in the Marvel timeline, whether it's phase one, two, three, four or five, like in some way you could trace back to Loki. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of has me thinking I, I was me and Haley actually after watching the finale talked about this between ourselves because, you know, Haley is a is officially an MCU fan at this point in her life. Um, is Loki the greatest MCU character? He's up there. Like, I think it's really between him, Vulture, and like Thanos, like and Iron Man. Like, if we're doing hero stuff too. Like, did you say Vulture? 
Yeah, Vol- Vulture's up there, baby. One Vol- of the greatest MCU characters. Yeah, I stand by I, that. I'm, I'm not going to take that back. I mean, I know we liked him in the villains draft, but like, wow. He's maybe I one of the not see that coming. I think he's one of the most, uh, this is coming from like the Vulture guy. He's, he's one of the most complex ones. I don't know if he's one of the greatest, you know. I'd say you take Loki, Iron Man, Thor, before this is coming from someone who liked Love and Thunder enough. <laughs> Thor kind of before Love and Thunder. <laughs> you know, I, I think my favorite version of Thor was the Infinity War one. 100%. Um, yeah, same. Thanos. Are, are none of us uh, gonna throw Steve Rogers any love? Like, I, I it's fine, gonna, but I find it interesting. Yeah, Steve Rogers yeah, some love. he definitely should be in this list. But let like, me let me give you let me give you one. that's flying under the radar some, and he shouldn't after this year. I know what you're gonna say Rocket. Yeah, I was about to say Rock- I was about to say his name Rocket. Yes, actually yeah. Rocket. Rock. Yeah, that's true. But I, I mean, it's great. We're we're doing a great little like compiled list. Like, uh. The all of those characters deserve to be in the conversation, but to me, like I think it comes down to after this, specifically after this finale, it comes down to Iron Man versus Loki to me. I think that's fair. I think that's totally fair. And I, and I might think- I, I'm not gonna lie, guys, I might say it's Lo- like Loki is the greatest <laughs> character because I there is I my I don't like I'm just brace yourselves, okay? But I personally think I felt a heavier weight after this finale, knowing everything that like we have seen in Loki's journey, than I did when Tony Stark died. Mm, well, so here's the a, thing: I, that's I a, like to take that's heating some stuff up. I think <laughs> that's what I think too. I don't, I don't agree with it, but I think I think it I think that it is an understandable argument because and. This is not a flaw of Infinity War per se, but because because Iron Man and Steve Rogers didn't die in Infinity War, we knew we knew that one or both of them was going to die in Endgame. So I think you had a whole year to sort of yeah. prep for that. Whereas you didn't know where Loki season two was going to end, right? Um, uh, yes, and, yes. So I agree. so I think in terms of I think I, well I well I can't quite meet you there that it's better. I think in terms of more of a gut punch. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'm, that's uh, what I'm trying to say. Actually, okay, then yeah. I'll grant that. Then I'll grant that. Sure. I think that's what I'm trying to say. It is more of a, it was more of a gut punch to me. Yes, I'll um, grant that. In Loki season two, than the Iron Man death was. I also felt like Endgame telegraphed the Iron Man death a little bit. That yeah. Tony I, having I, a daughter in the first thirty minutes or whatever kind of. Gets your eyebrows raised a little bit. I I have said over the years that that Cap or Iron Man should have died in Infinity War. One of them should have died oh. then, so that they didn't have Endgame just building up the hype of one of them dying. In that, Joseph I, disagree. I, yeah, I, I disagree. I that's like, a, that's okay. It's it's spicy. I, like, I know. I like I like Endgame having the six original Avengers. That is cool. Main, that that's where the, the tension story. comes. I for think me. if we because I, I, I Trent, I, I'm not gonna lie. That idea sounds pretty pretty wild to me like that like that would be so ballsy and i like that but i think if we didn't have the scene of tony and steve going back to uh camp lehigh or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and uh and and tone and like them going on that adventure together is arguably one of my favorite scenes in all of the mcu it is it is it's really good so you've got the you've got that fight with iron man thor captain america versus thanos Right, I mean that you is do. that is kind of a big I think, deal. I think Infinity War could have used like one more major actual character death and not like a dusting death. Right, the dustings don't yeah. count. I'm not counting those well, as deaths. Which you know, Lo- we, Loki we, dies we in the first five minutes. Loki dies. Heimdall dies. Vision dies. Gamora dies. And they all come um, back in some manner. <laughs> well, Heimdall stayed dead, but we saw yeah, him I mean, in uh, Valhalla. Yeah, yeah, but, but that's he was still, was he was still like, dead. That one doesn't count. That was just validating that multiple afterlifes exist in MCU canon. You don't think the, the everyone's going to come down from Valhalla and Thor five, and we're going to get? I I just I can already see it happening. <laughs> Probably, actually. Anyways, I, this is a very this is a very sidetracked yeah, conversation. I, I don't know. I think you know maybe if we had someone like, you know, I don't want to kill Rhodey, but someone like Rhodey. <laughs> 
Fair. Maybe you're... Um... There could have been... I, I agree with you. In, in, in essence, I agree with you. There could have been a one more weightier final death. Maybe that's more what I mean. Maybe I'm not quite bold enough to kill off one of the leads. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and if you're going to do it, I mean, do it to, like, Hawkeye <laughs> at, the, at that point. <laughs> Dang. I mean, yeah. Hey, I love our boy, but if we're talking about the original six I, Avengers... There, there is a know. weak link. <laughs> it, is, there, it can be said. Um, all right, guys. With uh, with Loki season two ending the way it did, Loki breaks the temporal loom. He opens up this random magical portal, destroying or not destroying, but killing all the timelines only to revive them under his own control and replaces he who remains taking a throne at the at the end of time. In reinstating the multiverse under his control. What I mean, I, I just like instant reactions, guys. What what was your what was going through your brain when you saw that happen? Well, so I'll take it a little bit further back when it was just okay. him trying to trying to do like the like perfecting the loom thing and learning like everything about math and physics. Like I love like the time travel to perf- to perfect what you're trying to do. Yeah, like trope, like Groundhog Day, Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I, like I'm even cur- curious about Madam Web just because it has a little bit of that flavor in there. I'll, <laughs> Go I'll, ahead, Trent. I'll, I'll be. I'm not gonna see it in the theaters, guys. I'm just saying <laughs> I like that trope. I like it. Um, um. So so I was loving that when like when uh, Obi's like it would take centuries, and then it's like centuries later across the text. Um, like that. That's that's, that's my accurate. jam. I was here in the. Uh... The SpongeBob voiceover guy, like centuries. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too, hundred percent. Um, and then I was like, "Oh, is he actually gonna kill Sylvie?" Like, I the the show had Ooh. me that I thought for half a second, not not fully, really? half a second. I was like, "Oh, he might do this," and the, and then, but but yeah, the I like it so much better, even though like I do think that him being able to resurrect dead branches, like when all we've seen from his magic is illusion magic. I'm like, okay, that seems convenient, but 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 sure. Um, like, you know, a show got a show, and you know, right. it, it's it it works from a character moment, and you get the whole callback to like even classic Loki in season one yeah. who mm-hmm. fought Elioth. Like it sort of reminded me of that moment too. Yeah. Um yeah. so so yeah, no, it, it really worked for me. And the idea of um I th- I think Joseph phrased it as like Loki getting a throne that he doesn't actually want after chasing power yep. for his whole MCU journey mm-hmm. is just Whew. like chef's kiss. Not just not to steal your phrase Joseph, sorry. No, I mean that's that's what I was thinking cuz you look at, at you know Thor Thor 1 he's like I want to be the heir to the throne and then Avengers he's like okay I'm not the heir to the throne so I'm just going to rule earth. And then the dark world he ends up being on the throne of Asgard but disguised. And then you see kind of the turn in, uh, in Ragnarok uh, mm-hmm. where he starts turning good and then he dies. But throughout that whole time, he's like, Loki's going for a throne. Mm-hmm. And then you see this flashback to, uh, to, to end game where the Loki series starts with the branch timeline. And he's sitting there like, I'm going to rule the TVA. And then he finally gets to the end of it. And he becomes truly burdened with glorious purpose. It's so incredible. Which is is Loki's thing that he's always gone for. And he sits down on the throne and it's like, man, Loki got everything he wanted. And that monkey's paw couldn't have curled any more than it did. Yeah. Because he's... He's alone because, you know, Loki in, in the first Avengers movies, like Neo before me, worship me. I'm a God and rule, rule you. And now it's like he's on a throne with literally nobody around, but yeah. surrounded by everybody. It's crazy. That, that just can't see him. So I thought it was a great character choice and such a change that that shows where Loki has like come from and where he's gone. Because you see him... And it's almost like the new thing about Loki's are they always fail 
Mm. But their final failure is in service of something better. Mm. I like this that. Time, this time he succeeds and it's like a reverse. Like he succeeds, but he also fails what he wants. Because in episode, it was like, what was it? Episode five, he's like, I miss my friends. I want my friends back. And now he's just alone at the end of time. I I rewatched the first episode of this show, season one, episode one, earlier tonight in preparation for this podcast, because I love that episode. And in the time theater, Loki has Mobius show him all the events that are going to happen throughout the rest of his life that he hasn't seen and lived up to this point. And then he goes on a little like run around the TVA, escapes some people, but then he comes back to the time theater and he has a, he has a, like a, a, a follow-up conversation with Mobius where he's basically like, I, oh, cause earlier Mobius asked him, do you enjoy hurting people? And Loki's like, a free uh, like of his own accord without him being prompted it's like i i don't i don't enjoy hurting people i promise like it's all a facade and i he's almost admitting that he doesn't want to rule and reign over people but he feels like he has to mm-hmm. because that's his glorious purpose right well he's he's the son of two kings too right 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 but neither neither of the kings sees him as like a, a worthy successor because yeah because laufey just like left him out to die and then odin kind of favored thor yep yep no definitely he definitely favored thor and i just find that so it's so interesting if you take him in that moment there he's just seen his whole life play out and he realizes like i Okay, I do want to I do want to throw and I do want to control, but like there is something deeper in me. I actually care about people. I actually I actually care about my brother. I love people. I love my brother, right? So he was seeking out this throne in pursuit of control with that underlying motive. And his story his story ends in like a much more righteous and just pursuit of that of mm-hmm. that throne with the same underlying motive of I do I do love people. I do care about people. Except this time the throne that he gets is coming at a cost, not uh not a gain. And I just think that mm-hmm. is so beautiful. It is so so good and I the more I think about it the more I'm like, "Oh my god, it's so it, it's perfect." It, it the, the more perfect it gets, the more time I sit and think about it. Yeah. For sure. I um I Really, Trent, you said something earlier that I, I want to bring back up here. You you were like the you you have a critique of the Loki show that it essentially takes his character arc that already happened in the Infinity Saga and condenses it into essentially the course of a single episode and and then like extends on it throughout the season. You wanna you wanna elaborate on that a little bit? I mean, yeah, because it's basically just like. I, I have to stop this Loki variant in season one. Then he finds it Sylvie and they have their whole like love thing going on. But I do, I do think that that whole character dynamic is great because it's, it's Loki learning to confront and love the things about himself and it, like mm. literally and metaphorically that is genius. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah. And, but I do think at the end of the day, um, it, it is this thing of like, he ends season one by being like, you can't trust and I can't be trusted. And it's like that that is sort of where he ends up in Infinity War, right? Like if we're being honest, like yes, he loves Thor and he's sort of an anti-hero, but he also did steal the Tesseract again. And yeah. so it's like it's like I, I I can't trust and I can't be trusted. I do think I do think the show in a in a very clever way, and without repeating the events of those movies, which I do admire, I do think at the end of the day, it is just like how can we how can we do this again with Tom, but but different. Um and so I do think it makes the plotting of the show weird for me. I think the character stuff works great. I think that the narrative stuff is, I, I don't even know what fully I does. It doesn't resonate with, with me for, but something about it doesn't fully click. Can I, maybe it's, maybe it's just cause he who remains writes the same story for Loki every time that, that, that yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I have a theory 
the the first episode of season two is called Ouroboros in reference to the character we meet OB, but also that is the theme of the second season of the show, Ouroboros being and, and I um I feel like this is a theory that's been populated around around the web. So this is not me. Mm-hmm. I did not come up with this. But the Ouroboros meaning a snake eating its own tail. Mm-hmm. I think that, that that just in the second season became crystallized as the mantra for the entire show. Not just season two. But like, I think that's the problem with the plot. Is the plot, the narrative of the whole show is that no matter what you do, we're going to end up at the same point every time. And mm-hmm. it's, I feel like that's kind of hard to communicate to an audience right and 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 in defense of the show and in praise of the finale again it's like having now seen this finale and saying what the writers were saying they were trying to do where it wasn't really a tv show it was just like two halves of a book i think is what the writer said yeah like i i do think it's like okay so you you just you just wanted to take loki on a character journey so like the story like not it not that it doesn't matter that sounds too dismissive but but kind of like Mm. They they cared more about Loki's journey than having a plot that fully fully works. I think. I think. Mm. I think that's more true with season two. I I I really don't care about this time loom, guys. I like. I, I like. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> like like I was I was I'll be honest. I was like flat out struggling with this show for a while. Like in season interesting. Two. Like interesting. I was like season one. I like I like it, and then season two. Like when they were just looking for Brad, I was like, did I miss something? They jumped ahead here. Yeah, um, I remember you saying I, that. I yeah. kind of like the Victor Timely episode in season three because it was like them going to the old west and all that stuff. And then four, like I don't really remember four, but then five once it was about Loki admitting that he cares about people, and six obviously I was like, okay, it like the connective tissue finally is emerging here. But those first four episodes, I I I, I don't know, I, I was I was struggling. I don't think you're alone though. I don't I think, think so. I feel like this this season more than season one was divi- like everyone agreed, and e- even the stuff I've said, I liked season one a lot. Um, everyone was like, "This is really good." Season two, I feel like, was very fifty fifty. People were like, "This is amazing," or "This is not that great." But Tom Hiddleston, Kiki yeah, Kwan, right. and Owen Wilson are great. Like, there's a value. Kind of there's a value in the acting, and uh, to me, the production, the like, the fact they're using physical sets and. Yes. And like the world that they've built there in the TVA, that 100%. elevates it above almost anything else. Like e- even with a, a a shaky narrative, like it doesn't matter uh, because of some of those things. Yeah, um, and I think I think what they were talking about too with the two halves of a book. I think season two is stronger if you like binge it with season one now. Yes, or like if you if yeah. if you don't look at it as two seasons, but like one twelve episode show. Yes. I've I actually thought about doing that in a couple a months. Stronger. Okay, I'm interested. You should like. I feel like we should do that. We should like give it a give it a test. Because like, I, do y'all think? Do y'all think this would have worked better? Twelve episodes, like almost like they did with Andor, just all at once. Probably, I, I would like it better. Interesting. That's very interesting. I, I think now, now that I know that they're not trying to do a TV series for like five or seven years. Like, like it's it's a thing of twenty twenty is hindsight always. Now that I know that like it was always intended to be a final thing, yeah. I, I do I do wonder what wh- like I understand that where they split it up or split it up slash yeah, end season yeah. one like that makes sense because it is this big mic drop of like the variants are coming and Kang and all that yeah. stuff. But but yeah, from a from a character perspective, I think just living in Loki's headspace fully that entire time i i think i would emotion like emotionally resonate with the show more i i think i think if they had started out this multiverse saga with this whole 12 episode show instead of like um like wandavision and then Mm -hmm. half of this show and then some of their other stuff if they'd started the multiverse with this yes and kind of explained the mechanics of it i think some of their other stuff would have gone over better yeah where people are like okay the multiverse is suddenly popping up in everything for but for some reason for some reason we don't know why and and now and now we kind of have the whole story of like oh this is why the multiverse is popping up because loki kind of created the the multiverse pretty much so i think this whole i think this whole show and it would have been seen you know maybe as marvel's andor like you were saying yeah 
where you look at Andor versus like Obi-Wan Kenobi and Book of Boba Fett and Ahsoka and the Mandalorian, you look at Andor and say, this is something else. It's clearly different. Yeah. Whereas, you you know, you can look at this where, you know, Secret Invasion stunk. Ant-Man and the (laughs) Wasp. Don't even utter its name. Ant-Man and the Wasp, you know, kind of stunk. I recently saw the Marvels. And it was not as bad as those two. <laughs> so, okay, that's so I'll, 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 I'll say that. But you look at those stories and you see like this bad CGI and half-baked stories and everything. And then you look at Loki is like, this is what we want to do. And they go and do it. And someone else can, it feels like, it feels like with the end of Loki, someone else can pick it up if they want or, you know, just leave it. Yes. I think. I- I think it's a sad but satisfying end to Loki if we never see him again, which I think we will. But um, it, it's just different because you don't look at, at the Loki show and be like, yeah, this episode was fine, but that scene kind of looked fake. It's like like what we were saying with the sets, like everything looks top notch. Yeah. This is like if they took a classic Marvel movie like Infinity War or something and and did it as like a TV show version. You don't feel like it's the cheap version. It's right. not the Walmart. It's not Walmart brand Marvel. This is like, <laughs> this is this is name brand Marvel right here. That's and right. Great way. Don't get me it. wrong. I love great value, but also you know, there's a time value. and place. Let's have some decorum. You know, like look, I, I'm cool with great value, like plates and forks <laughs> and stuff. But sometimes I want Tyson chicken. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm not here for Dr. Thunder or uh, or whatever whatever those fake Dr. Peppers are. Although I will say Mr. Pibb is very good. But, you know, this feels like Marvel hitting its stride again. And it, it- All right. So, you know, we, we were talking about a lot of what we liked and disliked about this season. And I think originally where we're at is, that, you know, we got we have we have two different. We have two different ways of looking at Loki's character arc through the Infinity Saga and through the TV show. And you started out, Trent, by saying like they're essentially the same. But like, can y'all pick out a difference between them? I, I guess I can in the sense that the, the one in the Infinity Saga is more about how his relationship with Thor makes him realize that being a villain isn't worth anything. Whereas the one in the show is more hey, like, other people in general matter, which is probably a mm-hmm. better, more humanitarian approach and seems a little more nuanced than just, like, hey, my brother, like, showed me that being mean is bad. Mm. Um, <laughs> that That's yeah. very reductive, but, like, if I... It, like, to sum that up quickly. Um, well, I think, too, it's... You see all the time people that are kind of, like, you know, selfish, like like Loki's shown to be in the in the movie sometimes or uh, at the very least more self-serving. And then they get nailed with this like giant responsibility that they have to deal with. And they don't really have any choice, but to mature and change. And I think that's kind of what we see with Loki where he, he, uh, he drinks the Kool-Aid on the TVA and is like, you know what? There's a purpose to this. And He's burdened with his glorious purpose. And he he grows into that responsibility of, okay, I have to do this instead of just, you know, wanting to do this. And so I think I think it's more his own self-discovery of what he can be. Plus, I think he kind of liked spiting the uh the story that had been written for him. I think that was yes. part of it too, where he's like I'm supposed to lose and die and, you know, never be anything but a prop for Thor and his development that Kang wants for him. And so he's kind of like, in a way, he's taking control of his own story, which he he talks about a little bit in the show as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He He's he's rewriting the story that was shown right before his eyes. And I. I agree with y'all that it this is like a one this is a one up. This is uh this is a a um improvement upon, you know, who he was in the Infinity Saga to being a a fully fledged hero. 
I will say there, I feel like there were moments in this show where similar to how we see him in the infinity saga, where like, if you give Loki an inch of room and he sees a way to kind of connive and find a way to gain some power, he's going to do it. And I, I honestly saw that in the in season two, especially the first half of the season, Loki is like you mentioned to Joseph, like Loki is dead set on. He has drank the TVA Kool-Aid. He has seen he who remains and he is like, I we we have to preserve the TVA at all costs. But it's kind of like, OK, because Sylvie points this out to him like you want to do that, but you want to do that and be the one calling the shots. And so I almost feel like it really isn't until the very end that we see Loki completely turn and be able to lay down his own, uh, his own desires. Right. What do you guys think? Yeah, no, I agree. Like it's an interesting thing of, yeah, like basically he's still like, Hey, we can fix it all and do it perfectly. And, and it's it's he gets to connive but also he learns that you can only connive to a point which yeah. is, i love that speech that mobius gives him where at the end of the day it's just like you get, you just have to choose your burden yes. like there's no like there's no right and wrong per se in some situations it's just about like which one can you live with more and and that's like the final lesson loki has to learn it's like you can scheme a little bit and change things a little bit but like it's either you have to give up on sylvie and like yeah. know that that relationship is lost to you forever basically or all all direct relationships are lost to you but you get to know that they will like flourish and live and get to choose for themselves what they want now and it's like which which one of those can you live with and yeah. he chooses what so something else i'm thinking about is do you think loki could have theoretically like you know because they're not explaining to us power wise how this all works could loki have let sylvie be the one to sit on the throne and hold all the multiverses together at the very end Ooh, that would be interesting i don't know i don't know if he could i don't think she could have you don't think so no because we don't ever we don't ever know why he starts time slipping do we or did i already forget like why? I think I think he who remains does something. Oh, to him. I saw I like that, that it was maybe because like he goes through a time portal or something at the end of time, or mm. I don't know. Mm. But I think he okay. I think he who remains does it because he was like, "Hey man, I've been waiting for you. So uh, you ready to get down to business, or you want to keep fighting Sylvie?" Um, Interesting. So, okay, I don't think I picked I think up the, on that. I think the time slipping is part of it that that that's part of the reason he can do it. Cause he kind of has control of time too. Cause remember he does the, like this thing where he yeah. freezes. Yeah. Sylvie. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think she, I think he, I think he got a buff from he who okay. remains. So I think, I think it's something that only he can do. Okay. Cause I was thinking like if their powers were essentially the same, like it, it's just, it's ironic a little bit. Yes, it is a major sacrifice for Loki to essentially sentence himself to being alone for the rest of his life to do this, but he's also the one doing it. He's also the one still technically calling the shots. Right. I don't I don't know if if Sylvie would have done it either because she wanted her own life and had kind of lived like that for her whole life after they had tried to prune her. Yeah. It's true, and she, yeah, and yeah, she just, I just, it was just a, just, a, just a thought experiment of like, I wonder, I wonder if he would, if we, he would have given that responsibility to someone else, or if he's still, if that's still, if that's just Loki, is that his nature to just, you know, he wants to be the one somehow, some way. I think Loki definitely still has that ego about him. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, he literally says like, "I know what god I kind of have to be." So like, like yes, that sentence, yes. even though it's like it's it's made somberly and sacrificially, like that sentence literally is still very prideful in in yes. concept. Like, yes, <laughs> Ex- yes, in con- exactly. Like, don't, don't worry, guys. Like, I'm gonna take the grenade, but also I get to be like the god of all time. So like, your mm-hmm. boys got it. Like, exactly. I I see. You guys know that I am currently reading for the like I am and I'm so close guys reading <laughs> Harry Potter for the first time like 
I am so close to finishing it, by the way. Like very very few pages are left in Deathly Hallows. But I mm. see I see a little bit of Harry in Loki. I see a little bit of that same, like, like you said, Trent, like I'm gonna I'm gonna land on the grenade, but like I am a god. Like you get get over it. Like I will be the one to be the hero. A little bit of Steve Rogers, even, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like Yeah, I, sure. There's there's there are shades of these I other think- characters there in them. I think he's got a difference from from Steve Rogers though, in that he kind of wants to be seen doing his stuff. <laughs> Whereas yep. Rogers is like, no, that's just kind of like who I am. I mean, let's not forget Loki gave himself a wardrobe change as he's walking down that like yes! gangplank to like yes! destroy the. He's like, let me make sure I'm in my best threads to do <laughs> this though. I mean, did you see those yes. slippers that Loki put on? Like, bro, they're fresh. Man's was dripped out. I mean, he was. Right. was. <laughs> right. I'm not okay. Like, just right off the right off the dome. It's like, is that his best suit? Yes, hundred percent. I think I think it is. Because like mm. what we see, what he's wearing in like the first Avengers or in Thor Ragnarok is a, it's a little too bulky. It's a little more gold dripping everywhere. This is so sleek and it's just a- like. It's kind of monotone, but I, I like it. This this is like Loki's version of you remember the outfit Thor has at the beginning of Ragnarok. That's just like the plain leather. Yes, yes. It's like Loki's version of that. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right. And you know the the Asgard boys, they're like the cape game's got to be on too. Oh yeah, yeah. Got to have a good cape. I, I I honestly think that's the reason Loki did it. Is he's like I can't do this and not have a cape billowing in the wind. <laughs> Like, <laughs> look. I mean, capes are cool. They they are. They are. They despite, are. I mean, despite what Edna, really cool. Despite what Edna says, thing. they are cool. Yeah, and, and and for her reasoning, she's correct. She, she's she's right. But she's right, but she's wrong. Gonna, you know. Are we going to act like when the uh, the white doors bust open and Darth Vader and his billowing cape walks through? You're not like, yeah, that's not like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Right. 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 Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, um, Trent, you mentioned this. You mentioned this a little while ago of how Thor is kind of the driving force of his arc in Infinity War, but like all, all people are in, um, in uh, in this show. I was curious, like, who do we think has the biggest impact on the character of Loki? And I put some candidates down here. And y'all feel free to add your own, but I I could think of four that I felt like were the biggest, and that's Thor, Frigga, Mobius, Sylvie. Do we think there's a do we think there's anyone else that deserves to be named? Who? Odin. Odin. Ooh, yeah. Odin. Yeah. The, Odin is yes, yes. True. The daddy issues with Loki are there strong. Are, so they I need wasn't to be acknowledged. Think, yeah. Exactly. I wasn't thinking about the daddy issues. Yep. They yep. they they don't interact a whole lot. But basically, everything about Loki goes back to the daddy issues. And I what? And when I rewatched episode one, season one, he is like distraught when he watches his dad die in mm-hmm. the future. Oh, so major it's, it's more it's more meaningful than I than I remembered. So no, I mean honestly, in. I I think it's real to cop out a little bit. And I, you know, I make up the rules as I go here. That's right. I think the I think the honest answer is it's like a tie between Odin and Mobius because they're kind of like the two father figures who together like oh. get him where he needs to go. Because Odin like sets get, him up on like interesting. Odin so you sets see- him up on the this thing where it's like you need to take on this role of authority and like both my sons were destined to be kings of something. And then, like, but it's this very, like, competition, achievement, dominance-based thing. And then Mobius comes in, and he's like, hey, do you actually like hurting people? And, like, yeah. at the end of the day, like, you you can have moments of power, but you got to still choose your burden. And so I think it is those two ideologies sort of meeting in the middle that gets us this this anti-hero Loki mode, basically. So it's, I, th- I think it's yeah. both Mobius and Odin. Because Odin puts all this pressure on Loki, and then Mobius is like, Hey man, you want to just be like friends or something? You just want to eat some pie? Like, let's go get some key lime pie. <laughs> That's like, a pretty good impersonation, Joseph. You want to just like hang out in the TVA? <laughs> and he's like, "We'll be best buds." Wow, which he never said in the show. So I was kind of sad. That is disappointing. Bummer. Big bummer. Very um, disappointing. 
But yeah, I can get behind uh, Odin and Mobius being like, see what I was thinking is like Odin is the devil on his shoulder and Mobius is like the little angel. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. works too. I, I like that too. Y'all, y'all don't think Thor is? Y'all don't think Thor is the most important character? I, I think it's more like it's less Thor himself than like him seeing like the impact of good that Thor has and being like, okay, I guess I see the benefits of not being like the worst human ever <laughs> or worst person ever. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think Thor to him, you know, obviously he loves Thor, but I think Thor to him is just like his competition yeah. to beat out for Odin. And I do, I do think fundamentally, even when he is in like full redeemed mode at the end of you know Ragnarok, I do think he fundamentally thinks that like Thor is dumber and like like worse than him in some ways. Even when he's on like the good alignment chart, I think he does like be like, oh, like I mean, a little bit, a little bit. I can get behind Thor being dumber. No, 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 I can too as a character. I'm just saying though, like, like I think that stops Thor from being fully impactful to him emotionally because I don't think Mm -hmm. he fully takes him seriously. Like he loves him, but he's like, "Oh, you scamp!" Like, uh, yeah, for sure. Th- yeah. Like, that's I also, what I, mean. I but I think with Thor, there is a like for the first half or more of Loki's arc in the movies, Thor is a presence of shame <laughs> for to sure. Loki. For sure, Loki looks at him and he feels immediate like shame and worse about himself because of who <laughs> Thor is. Because Thor was cast out, Thor was like squandering his opportunities but he made something of himself and became worthy whereas loki like was just assumed to never be worthy and never got a chance to prove it and and i think there is something that is real like that feeling of of shame really illustrates the character of loki for most of our time with him it's like he's not he's not he never really allows himself to be anything more than uh a power grabbing like source the power a power grabbing villain because you know he could he could never be thor he could never earn that kind of love and connection you know yeah now, I agree. I, now is it stronger than mobius i don't know I, I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah I, 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 I and maybe it's recency bias i just feel like that that final conversation with Loki is what actually pushes him to 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 take that throne at the end. I really think it. Is. I th- like. I think there's an argument to be made if in another universe where Mobius doesn't give him that speech in that way, like he maybe does something different. Oh, so I completely maybe, agree. So maybe that's part of my bias here too. It's one of my favorite scenes in the whole show. I think. Me too. Me too. It it's um, and I also like I there is a friendship. The friendship between Loki and Mobius is maybe stronger than the friendship that Loki was able to develop with Thor in his time on Earth, you know, like on mm-hmm. uh, in his time on the timeline. Like, right. Yeah. What he develops with Mobius is like genuine, like love and respect for another human being that like, I don't know if we see him have that with anyone else. I, I don't know if we do. I, I genuinely don't know if we do. Because cause Sylvie came up in my mind, too, as, like, a really strong proponent of, like, who's had the most impact on on Loki. But I still don't think it's stronger than, than what he had with Mobius. No, because, I mean, Sylvie's important, like I said earlier, in that he's able to objectively look at his personality, like, the core personality pros and flaws of himself in sylvie because she's also a loki and that's what's so great about the character and the concept but at the end of the day yeah i I think it comes back to mobius and and part of that too for me is i don't i don't love i i get why because the plots are demands it but like sylvie took a back seat in season two compared to season one that i that i don't really like um and and so I, I think get that behind that is a criticism of that, the show. Me too. That, un, that me undermines. Too. I I think if she's a different presence in season two, she she's she th- it changes how I have this conversation. Um, I think yeah. it would shoot her way up on that list. But but yeah, I don't love what they do with her in season two. It, to be honest, uh, yeah, she does take the backseat, and it almost makes her just a tool for Loki to learn to love himself. Yes. Which, that, which that, maybe you could argue you could argue looking back at season one, she she always was. Like in a script sense, like that, that was true, but it, it felt so evident in season two, yes. aggressively so. That she had, um, 
she had more to do in season one. It so much like, more. You know, the, you know, they they actually have the fight where they split, and she ends up killing he who remains. But also, she's going around like taking out some TVA agents and doing some stuff that yeah, Loki in the show didn't do. And right, they kind of right, have to work right. that out. And then in season two, she's just kind of like, I hate the TVA. Let me go back to McDonald's. I want to work at McDonald's. Like those are the only two <laughs> things she says for an entire season of television. And I'm just like, why? I know they, they really did her a disservice. Cause I, at the end of season one, I would have told you there's a romance. Like Loki is in love mm-hmm. with himself because of Sylvie, but like, he's in love with Sylvie. Yeah. At the end of season two, I'm like, I don't think so. Like I, like, she's just not around enough for that romance to continue to like form. I it's, it it was disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. And if she's, if she's not around in season two at all, which I'd have to go back and look at it, but does it measurably change much about what happened? No. Right. Because she's just against the TVA being saved and he's pro it the whole time. And that's the source of their conflict. Yeah. Yeah. And she wants, she wants to kill timely. And then she's like, nah, I'm not going to do that. It's almost like, yeah, you guys are, you guys are right. Like she's essentially saying the same thing all season. And it's not Mm -hmm. until the very last moment that Loki listens and chooses to chooses to follow her advice It's literally not until the very last second. Um, yeah, because I I think throughout the whole show, him and her and Mobius and most of the TVA are like, yeah, we'll let the multiverse be a thing. Yeah. They're, so they're kind of in agreement on that. Just, you know, the TVA is like, we also want to protect it from threats. And she's like, nah, just let them run, run yeah. wild. Yeah. So. I want to uh I'm gonna transition us into Loki season two review time because that's that's kind of where we're at now. We're talking about we're talking about the season. I feel like we've all kind of probably revealed our cards a little bit and how, how we feel about it and how we feel about this season. Uh but is there is there anything like you haven't said yet that you you would like to say about Loki season two? No, I mean, again, I, I agree with you guys. I think the production design and the cinematography and all that stuff from a technical standpoint is outstanding. I think besides Wakanda, the TVA might be like the best yeah. fictional world realized within the MCU at this point. Um, performances are outstanding. I already shouted out Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson. I thought um, Hunter B-15, I'm forgetting the performer's name. I thought she was excellent. Yeah. Like she went, I was so curious what they were going to do with that character and that realization at the end of season one, it's like, is this character going to get a step up in what to do in season two? And, and she did um, that. I would not be upset at all if Hunter B 15 comes around again. Cause I really like that character now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Owen Wilson Casey seemed more involved too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Casey's great. Um, obviously Kihi Kwan. I will support the Kihi Kwan Renaissance My man till the end of time. Um, he's outstanding. And, and yeah, that, that finale is just like the best finale Disney Plus has done so far um, between what Loki does and that and that Mobius speech, man. I'm going to be thinking about that for a long time. Um, so, so yeah, my, my issues with the, the actual week-to-week plotting of the show aside, a really solid, um, fun fun experience week-to-week and, and a, a great character piece for Loki himself, for sure. Trent, I got a question for you. Yeah. Mobius speech... Or Luthen Rail monologue. I was literally thinking about that. I'm like, it's kind of <laughs> like the Luthen thing. I mean, Luth- Luthen, mm. just for how hard the like, I I burn myself for a sunrise I'll never see or whatever that like that line. Yeah. Like that is the the it's, coldest line I've ever heard ever. God, it's um, goaded. So, so that that alone puts it above, but it, but it's close for me. I made my mind a sunless space. Yes, like it's, <laughs> yeah. As much as I love that speech, like nah, it's Luthen all the way, like that. That will, I don't know if we'll ever see something as good as that in this genre of stuff before. Joseph, I have a question for you though. Like Trey was just talking, like this is the best. This is the best Disney Plus season finale. Is it better than the Marshall though? And you know how much I love the Marshall. <laughs> but then we also have. Uh... What was it? Shadow Warrior from Ahsoka? Oh, right. Oh, right. Was that, was a con- that was a contender. I forgot about that. And the, Mar- the Marshall's just such a tight storyline. 
You can't you can't break his will. He could do this all day. I don't know, man. I really love the Marshall. <laughs> it's it's so good. It's a great episode. I think, it's a great episode I of think, TV. I think this one is better when you look at the whole than the Marshall. But as like a one off. Yeah. Because you can we show anybody you you can show anybody the Marshall and be like all right, here's a great episode of TV. <laughs> yeah. Just just out of nowhere. Kick back, relax, you, have a good time. But if you showed somebody this episode to someone who's never seen the rest of the Loki show, they're going to be like, "What the heck am I watching?" Right. Yes. Right. So right. I think the Mar- I think the Marshall is more accessible. Oh yeah, for sure. Now you can say it's better. It's okay. We know. I I hear what you're saying. As yeah. Joseph's translator, he's saying the Marshall is better. Yeah. But I th- so I think the Marshall is better at certain things, and then this one is better at certain things. Okay, okay, okay. all right, okay, cool. <laughs> I still know what I hear. Um, yeah, yeah, I for myself, Loki season two was like, see, I, I'm a little different than you, Trent. I actually thought the Breaking Brad episode was incredible. I loved that episode so much. Um, another highlight of the season is the actor playing Brad. He's great. Um, is yeah. fantastic. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I absolutely uh, loved his loved his performance. In Raphael this, uh, Casal is his. There name. we I go. Know that Thank you. Great, mo- and- uh, great performance in the movie Blind Spotting. If you have not checked out Blind Spotting, oh, I haven't that, seen that. that. That's but- a totally different. Recommend not fandom related at all. Totally different thing, but great movie. Okay. I don't cool. know why. I don't know why I can't remember. Did Brad? die or is he still around so that was gonna be my great question, question. Thank you. i'm like i don't know what happened to brad at great all. question do we know what happened to victor timely it, it seems that when loki created his new reality because they show the young victor waiting in his workshop they but do like the, yeah the book doesn't get dropped <laughs> in the, the window well no i thought they i thought they switched it to a like a different book like a new because OB makes the second edition of the the TVA handbook. Yeah, so I don't know if it's supposed to be that we're just seeing all the different potentials. Like OB like created a handbook with Victor in one, but we're also seeing one where like Victor never got the book at all. I don't know. It's kind of, that was kind of a weird. Yeah, I didn't understand edit. that either. Okay, interesting. I'm not sure. So anyway, sorry, Josh. We kind of cut you off on your. Stands. Oh no, it's all good. Actually, I actually I'll wrap this up because I want to talk like theories and stuff because this has got my brain moving. Uh, I, I started out really enjoying it. The middle of the season took a dip for me. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I, I started getting a little, uh, worn out by the TV, the TV, the inner workings of the TVA was not really compelling to me. And then by the time we got, we, we brought it all home in the finale. I'm like, this is great. This is one of the greatest shows. Like this is, this is like one of whether, however you want to rank it or rate it or grade it. This is one of my favorite shows, period, I, w- I would say. I, w- I w- The entire season one to season two of Loki is going down as one of my favorite shows, like, personally. And and that doesn't mean I loved every second of it, but, like, I, I, I tend to judge things on, like, how much are you thinking about this after it's over? And if I, and, and I have thought about Loki so much since it's ended, and I think that just, that means something. If the story is so good that you you can't stop, you can't help but keep thinking about it. Uh, that that means they that means they did something right. So I think all in all, really really solid. Um, you guys want to talk about some uh, talk about some theories? I I can try to make one. <laughs> so so I maybe maybe not theories, just like speculation. Like what is going to happen next? Like, do we see Loki again? I th- we we have to I feel like if not see there has to be some reference to him in the Kang dynasty it, assuming that movie assuming still happens. We, yeah, I know there's a, yeah. there's a lot of rumors happening right now with the Kang dynasty right. as a project. Um I, if that movie exists in what we think it's going to be, I don't know how you do that story and not have him involved. I I'm I'm assuming the way that they are going to solve the the Kang conflict because it's the whole thing of like people are wondering if it's variants upon variants, how do you solve this? Yeah, I, I my theory is the whole thing is going to end somehow with all like either the core Kang or all the Kangs, whatever they 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 machinize it as being, is is going to be imprisoned somewhere. And I think the only place that makes sense is 
like with Loki at the end of time. Like that's the only place that wow. Kang could go and not be a threat to the multiverse. Interesting. Is that he's just floating in some like space cube next to Loki. Okay. okay. So I, so I think that's how it might get tied in. I think we may not see Loki until Secret Wars. Yeah, I'm with and you. And I think he's going to be the one that drives assembling the multiversal heroes. So like, you know, we've all heard the rumors like the X-Men are going to be in it. You know, some of the Fox X-Men, Hugh Jackman may be in it. Tobey Maguire, Toby, Andrew yep. Garfield may be in it. I think it'd be really funny if they got like Wesley Snipes blade. Yes. In it. Oh, yes. That let's go. Cool. That wouldn't be. Hey, they I might. Believe- I've also heard they might bring. Uh, we might get like animated Miles and Gwen. I'd I'd be cool with that. I think but beyond I think, the, think- the Spider Verse a title means something. That's all I'll say. Ooh. Real quick, I think it means something. Let's go. Yeah, I th- I think he'll have a role in um in in assembling the Avengers. Yeah. So it'll be. I- It'll be it'll be full circle again for Loki because he assembled the Avengers the first time. Yes, and he's gonna assemble them again. Oh, that that's poetic. I that's love perfect. That. I to me, I would be disappointed if we didn't only be, not because of his story is complete, but the story of the Marvel universe, like it doesn't make sense if there was no variant of Kang that was like, hey. What if I just go to the end of time and control everything similar to how he who he remains in it? Like that's ultimately that's to me where the conflict is driving. It's like they've got to find some way to keep Loki on that chair and keep Kang off of it. So if we didn't see Loki again, I would be a little disappointed in that way. Um, another question I have: Will we see these TVA characters again? A hundred percent. I mean, they've confirmed that for Deadpool three. I think at this point. So, so is, is that confirmed? It's at least confirmed I mean, that Miss Minutes and Mobius are in. Oh, okay. okay. Well, I've seen things recently that, that that Mobius might not actually. Oh, okay. Be in, so okay. So Sorry, I don't, my bad. So he he might be in there. Okay. I don't know. I think I think it's really funny because basically what I've heard is the TVA finds out that Deadpool has like the little time travel thing that he got <laughs> yes. at the end of of uh, of the second movie from Cable. Oh yeah, yeah. And they're going to recruit wolverine as part of their multiversal avengers and wolverine basically tells them to four letter word off (laughs) and deadpool's like no buddy we have to go (laughs) i love that i hope i really hope that happens i so one my answer is yes i definitely think we're seeing these characters again at Mm -hmm. least mobius and um Probably Miss Minutes, and I was gonna say Renslayer. I think, I think Renslayer well, she, is in the void. They had the little purple light, but we didn't see a body. But I think they were implying she gets eaten by a lioth. Oh, you think? I she think gets they were implying that actually. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because well, see, part of me thinks like she's out there, and she's <laughs> going to learn to like essentially control a lioth. Ooh, maybe we get like maybe we get variants of Renslayer too. That that could be that I could see that happening too. So the other thing I want to bring up is I saw one of the producers of Loki say that basically asked this question like, "You're not doing Loki season three, but what what happens next?" And he was like, "If Loki is our Breaking Bad, we want to find our Better Call Saul." Mm. I can get and down I'm just, are y'all like i'm down i'm super down for that like yeah. imagine if we got a tva spinoff where we just like we're just watching mobius and the gang like hop from multiverse to multiverse hunting down kings or like recruiting avengers like i i would kind of love that yeah i I, th- I think i think the tva as a world is too interesting to just put it on a shelf just because loki's story is done right right yeah yeah exactly I think it could be a good way to build up Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars where they're like hunting Kangs, but start getting overwhelmed with how many of them there yeah. are. I feel like if this if this theory that Loki is going to recruit the like the best Avengers from every universe is true, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna need to do a draft. I think we're gonna need to draft the best heroes from every universe. 
I just that just like 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 who's on y'all's draft board? Ooh. Who's going number one? I don't, I don't know. We I, uh, we can't give away strategy I mean, this early. We, I we mean, can't you, we can't say who's who's trying to get Caleb Williams. You know yet? Like I don't know. For me, I would definitely like number one on my board is definitely Morbius. I'll take Madam Web. <laughs> Or we'll see how that stupid Craven movie goes. It's like, uh, oh no, Madam Web got bit by a radioactive spider too, and Morbius got bit by a radioactive bat, and <laughs> Venom is a symbiote. And, oh, Craven got attacked by a radioactive tiger. He he got he got a uh, he got like lion blood in him, obviously. Yeah. And you know, since since all of these movies just have an evil version of the main characters, like oh well, who else got evil lion blood in them that Craven has to fight? <laughs> just everything's radioactive in that universe. You can just yeah, I mean, assume. I mean, Venom's already fought two other Venoms, and so we'll see. Someone's what the, gonna like. We'll see what the third one is. Someone's gonna accidentally like, like sprinkle some like something like some lime juice or something like that in a cut. And it turns out the lime was radioactive and they're now they're like, you know, there'd be a a big fruit, you know, there'd be a a radioactive bag of Doritos that Mrs. Chen eats (laughs) at like the convenience store. There you go. Exactly. Anything is possible. Well, guys, do you have anything else to add on the character of Loki? I don't think so. I think we gave our boy justice in this last uh, hour or so we've been talking. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so too. Um, Loki, an excellent character, maybe, maybe the greatest MCU character of all time. If you, if you've got, if you've got specific thoughts on that, definitely let us know. Um, sounds like a draft. It sounds like another draft. I mean, I know, I know we love the draft around here. So, um, as always, thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, wherever you get your podcast and subscribe on YouTube and Stay tuned. We got, we seriously, we got big announcements coming soon. So like follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the Stinger pod. Uh, we're, we're very excited for the end of the year here on the Stinger. So stay tuned and we can't wait to talk to you soon.